0: Let's learn about the importance of blind tastings from a couple of guys who really know the process of blind tastings. What's up, guys? My name is Chris, and you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast, and today we've got a really fun interview with Bobby DeMars and Christian Ridout from Blind Barrels. So if you haven't heard of Blind Barrels yet, they They're not sponsoring me at this point in time. I really enjoy the products that they have. They reached out. They had me try one of their boxes. And what it basically is, you sign up. You can do it as a subscription or you can buy one box. It comes with four samples in it. You try the four samples totally blind. You have no idea what it is that you're drinking, and that has a QR code, and you can scan it, and you can figure out what it is that you were tasting. They specialize in a lot of craft distilleries and distilleries that you might not be able to get your hands on if you don't live in that area, and they also have the ability for you to buy the bottle that you just tried online. So once again, this isn't me advertising for them. I just wanted you to know what you were hearing when you were walking into it. My review that I have posted of their stuff speaks for itself. There's a reason that I wanted to have these guys on the show. Since the recording of this episode, I have actually accepted an affiliation with these guys because I like what they're doing that much. So if you want to try it for yourself, use the code Noobs10, that's noobs one at checkout, and you're going to get a little bit of a discount, and I will also make a small commission from the sale. So hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. We had a ton of fun talking about their process, how they pick their barrels, who they work with, and then I even did one of the double blind tastings right here on the show with no help. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just took my best guesses at it. And I don't think I did too bad. So stick around for that. That's towards the end of the episode. But without further ado, I will get to that interview right now because I had a lot of fun talking to them. So one more time, here is Bobby DeMars and Christian Redout from Blind Barrels. I have here with me Bobby DeMars and Christian Redout from Blind Barrels. And Bobby and Christian, if you guys could just go ahead and say your names and what you do for Blind Barrels so that the folks listening at home know who is who as they're listening.
1: I'm Bobby DeMars. I'm the CEO and founder of Blind
0: Barrels. And I am Christian Ridout, and I am one of the spirit guides here at Blind Barrels. I'm super excited to have you guys here. I think, um, and we got into this a little bit before the show, but what you guys do and what I do on social media really meshes pretty well. Uh, we all three here seem to be firm believers in the blind tasting and how much you can learn from it. Um, and we'll dive into that a little bit, benefits of blind tasting, things like that. But I want to start with something. I like to start with all of my guests and that is where your whiskey journey began and what got you into whiskey into where you are now.
1: Well, my man, uh, Christian is the one that who really got me into whiskey. I mean, this whole company, the catalyst was, you know, during quarantine, we were all isolated and you can only paint so many accent walls and build so many bidets, uh, <laughs> ran out of bathrooms. And, uh, you know, to while everyone was kind of isolated, he, he decided to put together some blind tastings to get everyone connected again. And, you know, after the first one, I called him like, this feels like a business. This was amazing. I loved everything about it. Um, I was always more of a drinker than a taster. Uh, you know, my 20s, I was your traditional, give me a Jack and Coke. Uh, And then I started exploring a little bit more. I didn't really start building my collection uh, until Christian really kind of opened the door for me. And that's really when I started. And now I always say I I know more about liquor laws than I do about whiskey, but uh, I still consider myself uh, on that novice slash intermediate level um, in my learning phase. But Christian, what about
2: you? You know, and I, I always laugh. Sometimes he's like, "Oh, you led me on this whiskey journey." It's like, "Oh man, I led you down that dark rabbit hole. You can just keep going all the way down, right?" <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like,
1: no, he knocked me up, and and now he's got to take care of his baby. <laughs> he's gonna be a part <laughs> yeah. of taking care of your baby, Christian.
2: You know, my, my whiskey journey actually started uh, thirteen years ago. But you know, my son was born in two thousand nine, and. And at the time I was more into wine. I was, uh, you know, really enjoyed cooking as one of my side hobbies and I was, you know, really getting into wine and collecting wine. And uh, right when my son was born, one of my good friends, Dan, he uh, swung by one day and he dropped off a bottle of old Forester Birthday Bourbon and I had no idea what it was. And um, you know, he was nice enough to sit down. He said, "Do you have any whiskey in your cabinet?" And I think I had bullet. I mean, that's what I had had in my cabinet and he opened it up and poured some, and and he basically told told me the story of what is the birthday bourbon, and uh, it just really opened my eyes. The next time he came home, came over, he uh, poured some different whiskeys and compared the rye to the bourbon, and I just kind of yeah, you felt you fall in love with it pretty quickly, you know. So, it's a uh, it's amazing it's amazing how much the industry has changed and collecting has changed in in thirteen years' time. So fun.
0: Yeah, and once the tastings stop burning and start tasting good, that's where it's a very quick plunge into. There you go. There you now you try everything that
2: exists. (laughs) There's still so much more to try. It's it's incredible. I just as you get to a point, you know, every time you get to a point where you're going, well, I feel like I've tried pretty much everything, and then and then you open yourself up to new categories, right? You know, even within the industry itself you know, the expansion of barrel finishes and just the styles and the subcategories keep expanding and expanding. And it just shows there's more and more to really enjoy and try. And again, I think that's part of what makes a whiskey journey really enjoyable for, for all of us. That's what we're all on, right? I've done yeah. some wine
1: tastings too, some blind tastings with wine. And when I first did it with Christian, I was just like, wow, this is way more nuanced than I imagined. It's like, I have a brother-in-law when I was starting the company, he's like, but doesn't whiskey just taste like whiskey? And I am like, uh, I am like, you know what? Maybe, maybe the club's not for you. But you know, come in and join the club, check it out, and see. And now he's actually a year in. He's like, yeah, everything in the lineup is so different and unique. And I used to think, oh, the subtleties in wine, and it's drastically different on what you can get on your palate for and your nose or everything in a whiskey tasting.
0: Yeah, I've had friends like that as well that, you know, they started off, and obviously if you're friends with me, then you have access to a lot of different whiskeys. And so they start off with, it It all tastes like whiskey, and then they try a couple different ones, and usually they try a few, then I'm able to say, I know which one you're going to like. And then they try that, and they're like, oh, that actually does taste good, (laughs) and then – From there, it's great. (laughs) It's it's amazing how you know you
2: you've you can quickly become very popular within you know friendly circles (laughs) when people start to hear that oh Chris likes whiskey Christian likes whiskey now you should come over and do a tasting and then the next thing you know I'm wow I'm getting invited to parties and I'm getting invited to hang out and people say can you bring you know I I got my little pelican case where I've got my little inserts and. You know, we call it the murder case. So everybody's asking, you going to come over to tonight's party? Bring the murder case and and you know, puts all the pressure on us to to present some really good whiskey to folks. So
0: it always does. Or they ask for recommendations for gifts or stuff like that, yeah. that the pressure's on when you're the when you're the whiskey guy, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, all right. So so that's how you guys got into the hobby. That's how you got into enjoying whiskey. But where did this idea come from for Blind Barrel? So if you could just break down exactly what it is for people listening who haven't heard, they don't know, and then where it came from. So
1: after quarantine, I called Christian in the middle of the night and I said, hey, this feels like a business. He was like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Nobody's ever done this before. So I, I, I went on my own journey uh, trying to figure out how could I – There's either this is not legally allowed or maybe it's complicated. Um, And if anybody ever needs a lawyer, you can do a free hour long consultation with most attorneys. And I did 16 of those. Uh, The first five (laughs) ABC attorneys said, you can't do all of these things. This is illegal. And I went, okay. And then one of them said, you know what, you could do this, but you can't do that. And I brought that into the next meeting. And then I did decide on hiring one of those lawyers in the grand scheme for us to go through the steps. Um, So then we raised the money. It took a whole year to get all the legal elements and all the key partnerships in place. Uh, We're not in a basement, just pouring samples into bottles. And uh, there's, there's several partners and several touches involved. You know, the three tier system, the producers have to pass, the distilleries have to go through um, a, a distributor before it gets to us, before it gets to, um, retail partners. So how the subscription works is every quarter. Uh, so we have one coming up, uh, March 15th, June 15th, mid September, mid December, we send out a box. Now this box goes to everybody at the same time. So if somebody is a friend or a family member or coworker in another area, another state, everybody gets that box at the same time. And then that lineup never happens again. The lineup features small American craft businesses. So when, um, The distribution part of it is, really controls a lot of the shelf space. So when you go to BevMo or Total Wine or whatever the biggest liquor selection, the liquor barn in your community is, you're only seeing a small fraction or a small percentage of what really exists in the whiskey community. There's almost 3000 independent craft whiskey distillers throughout the country. And some of them are diamonds in the rough. They're farmers that are mashing and milling their own grain. And the only way that you can get them is if you're within 50 miles of them. And so these guys are rock stars 50 miles, but nobody else has access to buy or try. So when we set out to make this model and Christian was really pushing this, that look, the blind tasting is special, but what we need to do is create access um, to these brands. And that's really what's special. Most of the members, they don't, they come for the blind tasting, but they stay for the access. Cause when we sell a full bottle of that, it's for the same price or cheaper than if you were at the distillery yourself. So there's bottles in California that go for like hundred to $120 that you know, we sell it for 50 bucks because that's what it is at the distillery. So when someone orders a bottle, we don't really make money from it, but the distillery benefits, our subscribers benefit. So we're really trying to, you know, uh, Christian always talks about the whiskey community. And if you even look at the history of the whiskey community, when one distillery didn't have enough whiskey, they would source from another one. And that competitive nature that would prevent a lot of companies from helping their neighbor or uh, some other company in their industry, um, It exists in the whiskey industry, but it's much more collaborative. It's much more helpful. And, I mean, Christian can really speak a little bit more to the whiskey community and how we wanted to really make sure we inserted that into our brand.
2: No, I think, yeah, and really, again, that was a really interesting point when we were trying to put our heads together and figure out how we wanted to do blind barrels. You know, I think something that was really interesting to me at the time was I kept getting sucked in. I love myself Kentucky bourbons but I kept getting myself sucked into just constantly all I was drinking and all I was thinking about was Kentucky bourbons. While at the same time, we were starting to hear more and more about these smaller distilleries that started becoming popular, you know, companies that we can think of in the last few years that have really kind of exploded and kind of started pushing that envelope a little bit, you know. These, even some of these don't even produce their own, they source, but, you know, again, seeing how popular Smoke Wagon really kind of came out of nowhere, right? A few years prior to that was Smooth Ambler. And, you know, I was just mm-hmm. watching going, man, like craft is such an interesting, unique way. And it's something that, how do we, how do we push this passion to really grow and support small business? And uh, I think it's kind of a a fun thing just when we were able to put blind barrels together, we found that perfect little meeting ground. Let's create a unique one-of-a-kind experience where people can blind taste various types of whiskey. Um, And then as we go through that, we're introducing you to, again, these really small up-and-coming brands. I'd like to think, you know, where we were with Craft Brewery in the early 2000s and late 90s, you know, you had a few rock stars in each state that were producing uh, beer and they were like the leaders of the craft movement. Now we look at where we're at today with, with, with craft breweries, local breweries. I mean, the town that I live in, we have 14, we have 14 breweries alone in my town. So um, I'd like to think it'll be interesting to see where we're at 10 years from now with craft if each county and region has, you know, a really solid uh, distillery offering different types of spirits.
0: Yes, and I think you guys brought up a couple of really good points I want to touch on as well because a couple of things that I was already thinking. First of all, you mentioned about how everybody's got like a 50 mile rock star and a 50 mile radius their rock star, and then nobody else knows about them because of the because of the distribution in the country and especially being on social media and having the following I have, I have so many people that will message me, hey, you got to try this one. It's it's a local distillery and it's the best I've ever had. And I just have to respond and say, I'm sorry, I can't. They're not available anywhere. I, I can't get my hands on it. And I I couldn't even tell you the number of messages I've got exactly like that. Oh, and I, I love hearing that. And I think that for for us, that's
2: one of the... Again, talking about whiskey community, we really encourage our members to engage with us and be part of this journey. Be part of this process to to ex- to give exposure to these brands. Because even for us, we're putting, you know, we're putting a lot of man hours to run around and do the best we can to find these distilleries. But there's still so many more that that we just don't know about. And so it is, like you said, it is really cool for us. When some of our members reach out and they're like, Hey, you know, you just mentioned this distillery from Michigan. Have you ever thought about this distillery? And it's like, no, I've never heard of them. And and it's, it's, that's okay. You know, it's uh sometimes everybody's like, Oh, you're a whiskey expert. And it's like, no, we're all just trying to figure this out. And and there's still so much that we're all trying to learn. It's a drinking out of that fire hose, so to speak. Right. <laughs> we did. A, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, we do live tastings with our members. Uh, we do a couple of them uh, every quarter and, In the last one, one of the guys said, Hey, you gotta check out this brand. Uh and they were and I reached out and it's funny because they're they only exist in the state they're in and in the state that our subscriber was in. They're not in any of the other forty eight states. Um, so I reached out to them, they sent some samples. We were actually, um, you know, we can tell you a little more about the process, but we blind taste everything. You know, we don't pick brands in the lineup, we pick whiskey. And um you know, like we've had some couples and even some female distilleries in the lineup, and people are like, "Oh, well, that's great, you're supporting women." I'm like, "Oh, we love supporting women, but they're in our lineup because the whiskey's awesome, like not because they're females, right?" And so when we reached out to this brand, that brand's now going to be in one of our lineups, and that's just from a subs- one of our subscribers reaching out and letting us know and you know christian and you know the other whiskey wizards as i call them uh, are really good about listening to everybody uh like our cfo is not really a whiskey drinker and i remember when we were doing a bunch of blind samples that i set up for everybody when we were just getting rolling uh penelope he just fell in love with penelope and he went out and he bought four bottles of it <laughs> and uh and and you know My guys and I, we took the note to that and yeah, we went out, we tried to get Penelope in the lineup and they did end up in one of our lineups and did something really cool with uh, how they ended up in the lineup. But, you know, these guys are really good at listening to everybody and keeping their ear to the track. And the reality is, is not everybody making craft whiskey is awesome. Um, You know, some people are, you know, they they never apprenticed. They just threw a bunch of stuff in. It's not great. They they finished in a tequila barrel and it might work, it might not. Um, So they're taking all these chances out there. Um, And even when we're doing a blind tasting and we're removing that brand bias, um, it helps us make that decision based upon really what we're all, you know, like we're all in that whiskey journey together at different phases of it. Right. So we do listen to everybody along the way so that we can make sure that we're not just saying foisting what we think needs to be there.
2: We, I think, needless to say, Bobby will tell you. You know, in the in the last two years, I've, as we've been growing blind barrels, we've sampled hundreds and hundreds of these craft distilleries, and you know, some of them are awesome and amazing, and we're excited. But man, we drink, we try a lot of samples, and. Bobby will always tell us every now and then we got to kiss a frog because there's some, there's some whiskey out there that needs some work and and that's okay too. I mean, but yeah, we've, we've kissed a good share of frogs in our day. Haven't we Bobby?
1: What's difficult is sometimes you meet these really amazing people and you fall in love with the people and not the whiskey. So, um, you know, when I do these initial meetings and these zooms and I, I, I basically say, Oh, look, there's, so there's no blood on my hands that, all right, my guys are going to decide it's blind. So I hope you guys are in the lineup and, you know, so that way when it doesn't happen, I have to make that follow-up call, um, which is never really fun. Um, sometimes they're weird people and the whiskey's weird and it's not as hard. But, <laughs> but, but, But there are, I'd say most of the distillers we've talked to have been just really amazing, awesome people. And so when their whiskey's not as awesome as their character is. And of course, there's a subjective element to that too. You know, I mean, our inner circle of eight people that collectively don't like something doesn't mean that somebody else might not like it, you know.
0: Yeah, and I love that you guys do that blind. I actually didn't know that prior to this, but I love that element of it because you're so right. I mean, it, it's it's not a luxury that I have where if somebody wants me to try their stuff, I don't get to say, I shot it down in a blind tasting. I'm sorry. Uh, it's more of... You got to let people down easy. And so many of them have personalities that we mesh with so well because guess what? They love the same thing we do. (laughs) And it just so happens their whiskey wasn't as good as a different one. And that's always a hard conversation to have when you got to say, you know, it wasn't exactly what it wasn't up to par necessarily. I've had yeah. to say before, you know, I, I can give you a review. I don't know if I'm going to recommend people buy this for the price that it currently is. Right. And and that's right. a hard conversation. And, and I think, like you said, Chris, you know, it's their, their whiskey might not be up
2: to par yet. But, you know, they're really passionate about what they do. And they're going to keep working hard. They're going to keep improving. They got to work through those kinks. Yes. And, uh, you know, two years from now, you circle back and they might have a pretty solid product ready to go
0: yes and it's like you had said bobby maybe they're doing some really funky finishes that end up nasty but guess what if they're trying the funky finishes that nobody else is they might find a gem that nobody else knows about because they're taking those chances so you're right it could just totally be that they're developing
1: we had this one that was like you know, these guys started inspecting it because he's like, it doesn't say whiskey anywhere <laughs> on the bottle. <laughs> we were trying to like, like, is it whiskey? Like they put hops in it. They, they did something that we think prevented them from actually calling it whiskey. Because uh, really? we actually do. We do have like three rules that um, like we don't mm-hmm. allow chemical or artificial flavoring in our lineup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be American. Um, and, and generally the, the retail bottle comes in from somewhere from 50 to 150. And I mean, the only issue is there are some, you know, like Pikesville, there's some really good bottles out there that are under 50, but people will say, wait a minute, you're pouring me something cheap. And so there's that perception part that happens with the price, but, um, and it's not a hard rule. We haven't run into that problem yet from the brands we've talked to, but those are kind of the three rules we've been following. Um, we haven't gotten to like rapid maturation or anything like that yet, but we do think it might be fun to throw something like that in there at some point, just to, uh, from an educational component. Um, so we're trying to expand our our horizons and not just be locked into, you know, straight bourbons or straight rise. You know, we've been getting into some American single malts and you know, that's a new category. And I think it's something that um, we'll have people that will buy the bourbon and buy the single malt. Like I know I'm more of a rye guy myself, but there's some American single malts that made me go, wow, like I didn't know an, a, a single malt. I thought everything was smoky and it completely changed my mind in the way that I looked at that brand or that category.
2: You know, I, even yeah. even with that, Chris, where I think a lot of times when people are, are just introducing and learning about, you know, whiskey and they, and again, you start pouring different samples out and they go, oh, that's scotch. And you're like, oh no, that's actually American single malt whiskey. And they're like, yeah, that's delicious Scotch. You're like, no, no, Scotch <laughs> is made in Scotland. This is actually produced in the United States. It 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 takes a while for some people to like try to understand the difference. And I guess that was really interesting, right, through the pandemic. You know, in the last year, right. Uh, you know, again, the industry finally recognized American single malt as its own as its own whiskey category here in the United States. So it was really really cool to see that kind of come to fruition for them because I know for a lot of those uh, those single malt brands here in the United States, they've been waiting to get their their moment of fame, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and you're actually getting at a point that I think is very important for the blind tastings. So one of the big benefits of blind tastings, you mentioned somebody might try something and say, oh, that's a scotch. They might read a label of something and say, oh, that's a rye. I don't like rye. And how many times, especially you guys, it's what you do for a living. Have you given somebody something and they're like, "But I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like Rise." And then they try something and they don't know it's Rise. They're like, "That was really good. What was that?" <laughs> That's
1: it. A, good, a great example of that is uh, Middle West Pumpernickel Rye was in our first lineup, Ooh. and I got to tell you, I mean, first of all, everything Middle West makes crushes. Um, we. We chose pumpernickel rye because we didn't have a rye, and it sounds cool. But uh, <laughs> like, we literally couldn't figure out what to do. And yeah, I mean, six months later, it was on Fred Minnick's top ten or whatever it was. And um, I always have somebody comes over like, I don't drink rye. I don't drink. I only drink bourbon. And I always have a bottle of the Middle West pumpernickel rye around, and I pour it, and they go, "Wow, what bourbon is this? This is amazing." I'm like, "It's a rye." Uh, and so I love kind of throwing that curveball people and it's like, no, figure out what you like. And that educational component that comes into play, not just the discovery of a blind tasting. One of the things that we have on our site is we have a masterclass and the masterclass isn't just for members. The masterclass is there for anybody. We don't charge people for that. Um, we do think at the end of the day, you know, whether if you want to just come to our site and learn about mash bill about the history of whiskey, which is super fascinating, Uh, just about the four components of tasting, the color and the appearance, the aroma, um, the tasting notes and the finish. If you just want to learn about those things or just some weird terms and the heads, the hearts and the tails, if you want to learn different things about that, it's free on our side. Anybody can do it. Um, You know, you don't have to be a member and that's just embracing, once again, the whiskey community and the educational component of it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's so important of a part of it because let's be transparent here. I've fallen into that trap. I've, oh, I don't like, for a while I didn't like rise. And then I tried rise and I'm like a couple of good ones. I tried, um, especially of the finished rye barrel seagrass and I'm like, this is fabulous. And then I'm like, maybe I don't not like rise. Maybe I just had bad rise. (laughs) So good. I, I mean, it's
2: amazing how, How they put together that bottle. Seagrass is just,
0: it's killer. It's so killer. Yes, it is. That is an excellent pour. And um, I I like rice because
1: of the diversity of, you know, everyone thinks it has to be peppery and spicy. And there's so many. I feel like the notes that you can get out of a rye can be so much more nuanced. Not that bourbons can't be nuanced or, you know, weeded or, or, or barley or single malt can't be nuanced themselves. But for me, a rye especially when you get one that's like really hot and high proof and you proof it down a little bit with the water. I mean, it just explodes and, and it evolves, you know, and always you can do that. But that's what I love about rise is it can be so many different things all at the same time, everything all everywhere all at once.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I you're weeks. so right. <laughs> no, but you're so right. I mean, um, I had just tried the, the Redwood empire lineup. And if you put their Emerald giant next to their new rocket top, two totally different things and they're both rise and they the, the versatility of rye is, is pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you got a chance to try the Redwood empire series. Yeah. They're there. Again, talk about, talk about folks who can, you know, most of these brands in Kentucky, they're kind of beholden to tradition, right? They're kind of forced to stay in their lane and, you know, mm-hmm. s- stick with the recipe that Pappy handed down for 350 <laughs> years. And then in the meantime, you have a distillery like Redwood empire that, can just, they can play. They're little little whiskey renegades that are going to go around and just try different things. And yeah, every now and then they surprise
0: you. So You're so right. As of the recording of this, it hasn't come out. But as of the airing of this, I have already actually had Redwood on the podcast. And they said that same thing you did. They Not being in Kentucky, being out in California, they can Really take stabs at different things, and some of those stabs really hit, as, as I've seen from their lineup. Awesome. We'll that's make awesome. an
1: email intro because they 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 are, have been on our list, so uh,
0: we we might we might try to talk
1: to them. Who knows? Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so I think I think that's one of the the benefits of blind tastings is you got those biases. I have biases. Everybody has biases. It really removes the bias, and then <clears throat> as you mentioned, Bobby earlier, not only does it remove the bias, but the way you guys do it then gets you to try new things that you didn't even know existed. And you mentioned that people, they come for the blind tastings, they stay for the craft whiskey. And when I had tried the first box that you guys sent me, that's absolutely what happened. I love blind tastings. I think there's so many benefits and they teach you more about whiskey than a hundred non-blind tastings. But doing the blind tasting and then reading all these distilleries that I had never had, I had never had a single glass from these distilleries, that really made it like exciting because it's like, wow, now I know that these people exist. Now I have access to buy a bottle of them. And I know that probably sounds like an advertisement to my listeners. I'm not saying that. The video that I posted, I had to cut down from like, 30 or 45 minutes because I was going through the tasting. And it's it's like Christmas morning, not knowing what you're drinking and then trying to figure it out.
1: And we also, you know, we were kind of going back and forth and I reached out because we had a lot of people reach out to us. We reached out to some people. And um, and I said, look, be objective with it. If you don't like it, you don't have to like it. You know, uh, be honest with, about it. You know, that's obviously your brand is, is very honest in your approach. We sent you, I think, uh, the September box, if I'm correct.
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: So um, so which of those brands? So we had uh, Westward Pinot Noir Cask Finish mm-hmm. um, was Sample A. Sample B was Bad Dog Distillery, Bourbon. This guy literally built his still out of a, co- out of a, a bowl soup bowl. kettle from the Navy. Um, wow. I mean, this guy had been distilling since he was 12. And then legally, you know, in the last 20 years, uh, you know, <laughs> he had that hillbilly condenser. Um, you know, we got to spend time with all the people in that lineup. Refined. Um, had a killer rye, and then the captain, the eight-year malted rye, which is one of my favorites, and I don't think he's making it anymore, so it's one of those bottles that's going up. Which one of those brands, I'm just curious, um, did you gravitate more towards, or were you surprised you hadn't heard of them and you wanted
0: to know more? So I hadn't – I don't think I had had any of the four brands, to be honest with you. Um, The one that I gravitated toward, I'm a big wine finish guy. I love it, especially if like a dessert. I love like a wine finish. And maybe it was just pride because I actually said this is definitely an American single malt right off the bat. I said it's got a fruitiness to it. I think it's either a wine finish or it's a sherry finish. And then it ended up being the Pinot Noir finish, and I was like, yes. So (laughs) – I really enjoyed that, um, but all of them, and this was a note that I had in my review, was that all of them were just unique from something that I had had. It wasn't just run-of-the-mill anything. Um, I forget which of the, if it was C or D, one of the two, it was C, I believe, uh, was very like black licorice-y to me, which was not a, a note that I've gotten that strong before. So like, if you're into like the anise note, it was it was there big time. Um yeah the 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 variety that was there was huge, and that's what I was impressed by. And that actually led me to the question I wanted to ask you guys, which is i'm I'm guessing that's not on accident. Uh, do you, what process do you go through when you decide the four that you want to pair together? Christian? Yeah,
2: no, so i I think that's a lot of times that is a really kind of key part for us. We put a lot of pride in terms of the format and the curating of the boxes, the, the method as to why we have these different brands with each of them. Um, look if this, when we put together our whiskey kits, we don't want it to be a competition, right? We're not asking you to go in there and we're not saying, Hey, this is a competition. Tell us what you think. And then, you know, three months later we say, there's a winner. The winner of box A is this, yeah. you know, we want to be able to showcase different craft breweries, craft, I'm sorry, craft distilleries here in the United States that have different expressions, different mash bills, different makeups, different regions. And, you know, ultimately we'd love to be able to share four completely different styles of whiskey that have their own unique uh, profiles. And again, do it in a way where not one, no one single, uh, sample will overpower the others, right? I think sometimes that's the tricky part there. A lot of times when people initially do these samples, they come back to us and they say, oh, I liked sample D because I'm assuming sample D was supposed to be the best. And it's like, no, not at all. There's there, The reason why sample D, we play sample D there is be, is for one reason. Like for example, with the westward, I love the fact that people really responded positively to the westward with it being sample A. You know, we actually, when we put together that kit, and this is, again, when we work together, all of the Whiskey Wizards and Bobby, when we're sitting down trying to figure out the layout of it, you know, the, the Westward Pinot is actually going to be in the last sample on the back end of it. But, and again, I was pretty firm. That's where I wanted it to be. I knew it couldn't be in sample B. B and C, because of the, the the flavor profile, would kind of like tweak or mute some of the rye flavors on the others, and so I was pretty firm that it should belong on sample D. But you know, again, Bobby and one of our other me- uh, one of our other whiskey wizards came back, and and they really kind of broke it down, trying to explain like, no, this is a lower proof. It's it's actually really easy. It's sweet. It's a really easy way to introduce introduce somebody to that single malt rye initially versus having them get one of those, you know, sweet, sweet bourbons, those caramel vanilla notes, they get overpowered with that. And then sometimes the, the, the tasters come back. And when you go from a a sugar bomb, like a bourbon, and then jump back to an American single malt, sometimes it can mute those flavors. So again, it's, 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 it is one of the most fun parts of what we do in terms of trying to figure out how we pair these all up so that each of the brands kind of showcase really well. On paper,
1: it looked looked great because it was like bourbon, rye, malted rye, and then malt. So on paper, it looked like, oh, there's this link between the the rye and the malt. But in reality, they were so drastic and it really – the contrast of it was so drastic that it actually – didn't let the Pinot Noir Cask finish shine on its own. Um, So one of our guys said something. These guys are great at listening. We reworked it. I mean, the the big thing that we go for the lineups is um, really diversity. Um, Ideally, we have some diversity in the mash bill, but uh, we might have three bourbons. But if there's three bourbons in there, man, they're going to be unique in their flavor profile. Um, You just can't have brown sugar caramel going back to back to back. Um, you know, as Christian said, this isn't really a competition. When we do live tastings, it's funny. We'll, we'll have anywhere from 20 to 70 people in a live tasting. And if you say, Who here loves sample A? About a fourth of the people raise their hand. Who was their favorite was B? About a fourth. About you literally, everybody discovers some lane. And there's some people that we always say, Look, you're going to like most of them and you're going to fall in love with one or two, is kind of how it works out.
2: And also, I think we've, we've also said too, when we ask those questions, you know, who likes sample a, and then somebody says, oh man, I really hated sample a in in a way we're like, that's okay. That's, (laughs) that's actually a good thing. You know, you know why you've done yourself a favor. You now know maybe a style of whiskey or a bottle of whiskey. You, if you didn't know that you may have gone down to your local liquor store, spent $70 on a bottle. That, you know, maybe somebody working at the store would have recommended you would have came home, poured it and said, this is horrible. Right. I mean, I think I think if anything, you know, sometimes people are bashful about that when they tell us, oh, I didn't like sample C. And and for most of us, we're perfectly okay with that. I think that's part of us saying, look, it's your whiskey journey. Figure out what you like and don't like.
1: And what you were talking about, Chris, like the Westward Pino Noir cask finish for me, because I'm not a massive single malt fan where I got to get all the aisles and I got to get all the, you know, I, I do have some smoky stuff and I have all that. But that one completely changed my mind about the category. And it did for some of our investors and some of our people. And, um, you know, rid out Christian was just like, yeah, they're one of the OGs of craft and uh you know we got to go and visit we actually went and visited every distillery from the september lineup and got to kind of tell their story my backdrop is as a filmmaker so i'm able to cut these little small uh vignettes or short films um with them and uh, we got one from our march lineup that's going to be we shot literally a full it could be like a half hour documentary because we got to spend time with a true farm to bottle operation um with this family and it was this just really cool experience you don't you know when you do barrel picks or things like that you get to be in person for things there's something special about it but getting to hang there all day and for them to give themselves to us and that capacity was like on another level um so we visited everything in september we're like man i want to do more of these
2: one of the perks wow. one of the perks of the job is we get to go on these fun little road trips and just meet really really cool brands really cool owners and, and these these distillers yeah, yeah, bad and- dog.
1: that guy was like, I mean, he was throwing whiskey around everywhere. I think, I mean, we had to get a, a <laughs> driver because I think we tried like 25 things there. You know, we were thieving our own bottle. Yeah. I by mean, sam- what, a, what a kick that guy.
2: Yeah, by, by sample 15, he's like, what do you think? I'm going, I just had 15 samples of whiskey. I can't feel my tongue anymore. I mean, <laughs> you, get, you get to a point where you're drinking so much different styles. It's like, I don't know, my, my palate's wrecked for the rest of the day so let's just have fun
0: (laughs) yeah no doubt yeah and you touched you touched on a couple of good things there too because with um i always say this with budget bottles i say learn learn what you like on the middle shelf or in this case through these blind tastings and it can save you from like you just said you go into the liquor store and somebody will say well everybody loves that bottle just because everybody loves that bottle and it costs two hundred dollars doesn't mean you're gonna love that bottle And I've seen that happen to people, and it's almost uh, like a double-edged sword. It's almost twice as bad because then they try it and they say, well, if everybody loves that bottle and I didn't love that bottle, there's no bottle of whiskey for me. And that is a really bad situation to have people in. So I always say, start on your middle shelf. Try some stuff. You're going to love some and you're going to hate some, and that's just the way it's going to be.
2: 100%. It's Yeah, you go in there and you see people right when they go in the liquor store, they can't help themselves. They just look up. It's Mm -hmm. like a... Look up! Oh, everything expenses up the on the upper section, and because it's on the upper section, it has to be good. It's like not necessarily. I've I've on too many occasions I've run out and spent you know more than I should on a bottle of whiskey, only to come home and be disappointed.
1: We call it label failure. You know that you buy that whiskey because it looks cool or it's really expensive. And you bring it home, and you almost will yourself to think that it's amazing, but the reality is you don't like it. And if you go to labelfailure.com, it'll take you to our site. I've figured out how a way to utilize it. But uh, <laughs> it was a dollar, folks. But uh, I I've, know I've, I've done that with wine where I bought some Opus 1, and my wife left it in the car for a day and ruined it. And everybody's like, oh, it just needs to open up. And I'm like, I think it's bad. I think we let it go bad. But everybody wants to convince themselves that it's amazing. Like if you pour, I have a buddy that makes old man's uh, poor man's pappy, which is a sixty mm. forty blend of Weller one hundred seven and Weller twelve, and it's pretty damn yep. close. And he has a bottle of pappy twenty that he just refills with poor man's pappy. So when someone's <laughs> over, he pours him that, and it's interesting. It's, it's kind of messed up, but at the same time, you know, he is giving somebody this experience and that perception will always trump reality, right? They, they will, oh, wow, this is so special. And the reality is, is those are two great whiskeys together. So it is pretty special anyways, but it's not a $5,000 bottle like he's claiming <laughs> that it is. Oh, um, <laughs> I know. Full, I'm
2: like, in, full
0: inception, right? Just planting that seed in the brain. Yes, yeah, and that's I mean, that's a blind tasting in itself. They just don't know that it's a blind there you tasting. Go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a triple blind. So speaking, speaking of blind tastings. Actually, you just brought up a point, triple blind, double blind. So I, I wanted to mention that for folks listening who don't know that um, because I do a lot of blind battles on my channel and I have some people comment, this isn't blind. You know that there, there's two bottles. You just don't know which is which. And I always mention this is a blind battle was what I call it, where I know what the two bottles are, but I'm seeing which one I like more blind, especially if they're similar. It's hard to tell what what you guys offer what blind barrels offers it would be double blind you don't even know what the four bottles are let alone what order they're in you have no idea right. what it is that you're tasting which is an important note that you that you mentioned there
1: i always and, thought that a double blind was like in an experiment if even the scientists don't know that like the, what they're giving the patients I, I don't know why i thought that's why i was like i don't even know how i would do a double blind i guess i would have to create
0: <laughs> serial numbers or i'd have to figure it out <laughs> that is true in science so the scientific term would be the doctor doesn't know which is the placebo which is the real but then the wine tasting and whiskey tasting term would be right. you don't know what order they're in and, and you know, don't know what they are at all it, yep. you know i think we
1: we'll th- just learned th- something th- today i didn't even know that i was <laughs> like
0: my background is like science i'm an engineer so (laughs) there
1: you go
2: you know i think i I would say too you know one of the things we really enjoy about watching our members go through the blind tasting is again when we for all of us as we're learning about whiskey we start learning more about color right oh what's the color and the palette and you start talking about texture and you know the aroma and it and it's it's really a, a good intro way for people to really start focusing on the color of whiskey. Cause a lot of times people bypass that people bypass that initial look. They, you know, they're, they're so busy. Can't they're, we're jonesing to get a sip that we look, Oh, mm-hmm. that looks nice. And then we just, we start nosing it and drink it. Right. And so, you know, really focusing on the fact that it's blind, it encourages people to take a second, take that glass, put it up to the light and be like, okay, it's a little light. And, and just off of that, they're starting to try to generate their own idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a lighter whiskey. Oh, wow. This is dark. It might be an older age statement or, you know, it might be, you know, Oh, this is a lighter one. It might, it might be in a second finished barrel. You know, it really allows people to start to kind of start to formulate their own ideas of, of what they're drinking. Um, something that a lot of people just bypass usually.
1: And and we really are, if you think about it, technically the only company that does a double blind, because, um our biggest competitor out there um it the way that they do it it's set up to be a blind tasting but i i anyone i know that is a subscriber that doesn't do it that way because you are picking the brands yourself before they Mm -hmm. send it to you so you know what the brands are and so most people don't even go into it as if it's a blind tasting whereas i have people message me all the time it's like you want us to buy something we don't know what it is and it's like well that's kind of what the experience is um i can tell you what's been in past lineups so you can see the quality the level of quality that has been in our in our lineups and the you know painstaking effort that it goes to figure this out uh, but that's a big differentiator um that yes we're not doing brands that you can just get at your liquor store and yes it is going to be blind because you know like when you receive the box chris like the box is a high-end box. It's soft touch and gold leaf, and it's got a magnet with the ribbon pool. It's got color litho on the inside. and uh, It was really important for us to make sure that our members associated these brands that they're testing blindly with top shelf because they are. And just because somebody's like, oh, well, this isn't Pappy or this isn't Weller or this isn't some other brand, Old Forrester Bur- birthday bear, this isn't some brand that people hunt, doesn't mean that it's not worthy of being on the same level. In fact, uh, Corbin Cash, their sour mash bourbon was in our first lineup. And I got to tell you, nobody was talking about – I'm not saying we were the catalyst to everybody talking about them, but they have a lot of buzz in the industry now. And um, I put them in a lineup with Old Carter. Just just for fun, I threw old Carter in there just as a curveball because I'm like, old Carter's gonna win this, of course. And it did not. Corbin Cash actually won the blind tasting within our group outright. Uh, and, and yes, uh, old Carter was second, but <laughs> that $400 bottle was second to this other bottle that crushes.
2: Those are the nefarious things Bobby does to the whiskey wizards. He (laughs) sends us a bunch of samples and then every now and then he sneaks up. All of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's really good. He's like, yeah, that's a pin hook. Like, well, why is (laughs) it even in there?
1: (laughs) I put a lot of ones <laughs> yeah. that like I know that they like, like I know that they like a particular like one of our other guys, uh Christopher Sebastian, he uh, seabass, he loves wild turkey. And so I'll throw a wild turkey in there. I'll put in like the master's keep in there just to see if he like likes it. And he'll be like, the Esters were a little strong or he'll like be critical about it or something. I'm like, That's your favorite whiskey of all time. It's <laughs> like it's the best whiskey <laughs> that they have. What are you talking about? He's like he's like, I hate myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you should hate yourself.
0: People love to see us get stuff wrong, which is what we're about to do right now. So <laughs> I've right. been drinking this this sample D uh, throughout this episode. And I have an impression. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take some shots at it here. So, um, so
1: what are you going to guess at? Obviously, there's mash bill. Um, I think ABB is great. Um, I think tasting notes, aroma, things like that. In fact, I'm going to pull up the reveal page on my end just so i can reference sure
2: i i poured i poured myself myself a little as well chris so i know what we're having but i'm gonna go through it and uh i guess like I, I, I love <laughs> i love sometimes i just love hearing what other people think and then they plant those
0: flavors in my in my in my brain Hmm. yeah so i'll i'll try to guess at all that we'll see i'll save the the specific bits the mash bill and maybe finish if there is one i'll save that yeah, and and uh,
1: an age statement. Curious about what you think on the age statement. And, That'll uh, be a tough
0: one. I'll, I'll give it a try, though. So podcasting takes a great deal of my time and i am forever grateful to those who support the show and my social media channels by rating reviewing liking and commenting and if you want to take it a step further and financially support the show you've got to go check out the whiskey noobs patreon at patreon.com whiskey noobs check out the link in the show notes or the link in either of my bios you're going to get a bunch of extra content you're going to get behind the scenes posts and the ability to vote in polls that determine the course of the show so go check that out now if you are interested in the extra content in supporting the show financially or you just want to be a nice person thank you so much to all of my patrons and for anybody who supports the show whether it be financially or just in spirit i am so grateful to all of you guys i love doing this and we are going to keep it going now let's get back to the show god bless you guys right off the bat the first sip of this that i had to me it was like peachy i got a strong fruitiness like a stone fruit from it um And then I also think it's – I don't want to say it's – it might be cask strength. It might be – it's a higher proof. I'm going to guess it's above 100 proof. Um, not knock the shoes off your feet 130, 140, but I'm, I'm going to say it, it's, it's above 100 proof is my guess. Um, I get fruitiness from it. I get a little bit of – I don't want to say herbal, maybe almost grassiness from it. Um, And then some sweetness backing it up, but the sweetness to me is more like a honey sweetness, less like a caramel sweetness. Although maybe I thought maple syrup earlier. Hold on.
2: I think, Chris, one of the curious things um, I would say what I really enjoyed about this whiskey is the first time I poured it in a glass, um, it felt really tight. I feel like there was so many flavors there and it's kind of really like wound up and just giving a little bit of time in the glass, it allows just those flavors to kind of unwind and unpackage themselves. And I think in a way that's a really enjoyable thing because again, that's when we do these tastings and, you know, I'm sitting here going, well, I pick up this and this and this, and you're picking up fruit forward notes. And and it's just amazing how we can just approach the, the flavor profile, you know, I think uh, it, it's it's there's so many different levels of flavor in some of these these whiskeys that we try and it's just like what are you picking up and we we could be picking up on two totally different things and that's okay.
1: But I'm yeah, I'm, you're, I'm looking at everything right now. You're you're pretty on point right now. I'm just <laughs> telling you you are you're in the pocket. Uh, I'm going to swing for
0: the fences here in a few, so we'll (laughs) see. I hope I'm in the pocket, (laughs) but no, I, I totally agree with you, Christian. That's I actually, when I started the show, you know, obviously I didn't have any connections or anything like that when, when I was first coming out of the gates and I wanted to exemplify that I wanted to show people, you don't have to be afraid to try whiskey. You don't have to be afraid to say what you think it tastes like. And so I had a lot of my friends on who at the time didn't even like whiskey thanks to me, some of them do now. But at the time, they didn't even enjoy whiskey. And I wanted people to hear us say two different things. And not only hear us say it, but hear how those two different things could be talking about the same thing, but looking at it in a different way. We're, we're tasting, we're drinking the same thing. But what it means to you and what it means to me is two different things.
2: Yeah, no. And, and I, you know what, I, sometimes I attribute that to kind of I think when I drink whiskey, at least, it, I, I, a lot of the times when I'm drinking, I'm thinking back of fond memories, nostalgia, right? When I'm picking up flavor profiles, we talk about, oh, this reminds mm-hmm. me of something. You know, oh, this, mm-hmm. this reminds me going to the fair and getting the kettle corn. And, you know, the, these are these fond memories that you try to like peel back in your brain and you're sipping this whiskey going, ah, this is great. It reminds me when I was younger, like in these special moments.
0: Yes, yeah, that's the best part. When you get a whiskey that takes you back somewhere or when it takes you back to the first time you had that whiskey, that's a great feeling, and that always makes you enjoy it just that much more. Well played, yeah, I agree. So this, this, this glass reminded me of a couple of glasses that I've had recently. I'm sure it reminds me of more that I've had not recently. It reminded me of Barrel Seagrass a little bit. And it reminded me of one that I recently tried called Keeper's Heart. It was their Irish American. So it was um, American rye and Irish whiskey blended. And both of those gave me a little bit of that spicy rye, grassy, almost like, I don't want to say grainy, but it has a little bit of that almost grain funk. I grew up uh, with a farmer as a best friend. So uh, when they're cutting the, uh, the straw out in the field and you're throwing the bale, it reminded me of that a little bit but then i got this fruitiness to it that i mentioned was like stone fruits. so no, I for agree. all my list- i like that, we-
2: i like that stone fruit call. it's definitely <clears throat> it's that that fruit forward that's really right on the right on the nose when you first get that first whiff. Mm-hmm. you get that really rich um, yeah, stone fruit kind of nectarines or plums or
1: yeah, we we when you said peach i was like, "ooh, that's right in the cuz we when we come up with tasting notes, what we do is our guys come up with it, uh, Christian and Seabass, they come up with it, and we bounce it off the distillery. And 90% of the time, uh, in fact, one recently said, can we use that on our website? That's really yeah. on point. That's where we're like, yes. And then sometimes they're like, well, can you put this in there because of this? And we're like, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, it's funny. When, right off when you said fruity, yeah, we had uh, you know apricot, but also juicy fruit gum. Um, which I think is a good inception that when you take it, once somebody says that and then you take a sip of it, you can go, oh, my God, juicy fruit <laughs> gum. Like, so our tasty notes aren't always traditional, something that you might find on a table, although we do have a tasting table. But you won't find juicy fruit gum on a tasting table.
0: No, I like that, though. So the juicy fruit is... That's accurate, and then I like the the non traditional notes as well. one of, One of the more popular ones on the show, it's been a recurring one. If you're having um, a or not a rye, I'm sorry, an Irish that's very much towards the unmalted barley, very much um, got that paleness to it. I always say it tastes like I just licked an envelope, like to seal it. It has that that bitterness, <laughs> the like I just licked the glue of an envelope. <laughs> but that's not what this has. The juicy fruit, that was accurate. Yeah, you know, the worst.
1: Go ahead. Chris. It,
2: you know, it's it's when you are you talking about like the like. It's funny how that flavor profile of licking envelope. I never thought about that, but yeah, <laughs> it isn't an off putting. Ta- it isn't an off putting flavor when you do it. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to lick fifty envelopes but there is like, oh yeah, I just wrote a letter. Oh, this is positive. Oh, okay. That's weird. No, that's actually pretty good. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we talked about that in the green spot episode because it had that a lot for me. And, um, I mentioned that, you know, if, if you want to relate it to something that sounds more pleasant, like Swiss cheese, it's like bitter, but almost good bitter. And so some people really enjoy it. Uh, so you're right. There's some folks who, I mean, Green Spot's incredibly popular. My guests at the time were not fans of it because they didn't like that bitterness, but uh-huh. some people are. Like yeah.
1: So, so if you had to guess uh, the mash bill, what would you be leaning in? All
0: right. I want to remind all my listeners who have faith in me. I got the, the Pinot Noir cask right when I did that one, so I'm going <laughs> to take some stabs here. This, to me, it is. It reminds me, and, and you guys did this to me last time with the last box I tried, it reminds me of a rye, but it's not just a textbook rye, which is why I'm not sure if it's if it's just a rye mash bill, if there's something else going on with it, because it seems most of the samples I've had are not textbook versions of, of whatever they are supposed to be. But to me, it comes across, it reminds me so much of seagrass. I have to say that it's probably for me a rye and it's probably got some kind of a fruity finish, or maybe there's just something else going on that's bringing that fruitiness. Um, maybe it's got, maybe if it was Irish, sometimes that has stone fruits for me as well. Maybe it's got some barley or some unmalted barley, but my first, my gut instinct was rye with a, with a fruity finish. So I'll take my stab at it. How, how far off was I?
1: You're pretty on point. Pretty on like, point. I'm, go- pretty, I'm, yeah. golf,
2: I'm golf clapping over here. I appreciate it. All
1: right. So it's a rye. I think if you just said it's a rye, you're a winner. But I think if you say it's a rye and something else was done to it. And, yes, this this so this was a very cool uh, – maybe the coolest one that we had when we were getting into it because this was our first barrel pick. Um, And this was a rye. I won't tell you the age statement just yet, but this was finished in a Weller barrel. Uh, Actually, I think it was matured in a Weller barrel for, you know, the finish versus matured. Um, And that soft finish that you get from that weed whiskey barrel um, was something that was really cool because they sent us two different ones. They sent us a port barrel finish and they sent us um, the Weller finish. And, man, I got to tell you, talk about a house divided – um, we, we kept having to like send more and more. We had eight people and it was 50, 50. And then we brought this guy and everybody was completely divided. And, you know, I just kind of had to make an executive decision at that point. Starring Kurt Russell. Um, and had to just figure it out. Uh, and, and yes, yeah, so, so you're on point. It is a ride. Something was done to it. That's awesome. So very, very fantastic. You also said before kind of the, you mentioned a honey or a sweetness and, on, mm-hmm. on the finish. And yeah, we called it a caramel note, but I mean, could, you know, the way any brain interprets a sweetness of whether it's honey versus caramel, um, you know, we were talking to, the, we were actually talking to the guy that was one of the original distillers at this company. Uh, we were in Louisville with him at a speakeasy. And he was like, somebody might say, I'm getting cherry, and somebody might say, I'm getting almond. And he's like, you know what, the reality is they're both right because their memory link to that chemical is different. And, and the way that you your brain actually associates with that, so it's kind of a cool. Like that guy could, I mean, and my whiskey wizards they could der- talk about whiskey and oh the esters and the yeast and how it affects. And I'm just sitting there going like, I'll take the bill. I don't, know. Really? <laughs> I, don't I don't have anything to add to this conversation. Uh, what do you think? Um, so you said above a hundred. If you had to guess above a hundred, w- would you put a number on that?
0: All right, let me let me give another try here.
1: You said it wasn't hazmat, so hazmat's one hundred and forty, right? Yep. So you are saying it's between 100 and 140. So if you had definitely to definitely not
0: hazmat, I am going to say one one fifteen. That's a nice round number. How far okay. off was I?
1: So this is why this whiskey is so dangerous and so popular. This oh, no. is one hundred and twenty-eight. And I got to tell you, this is one of those whiskeys that I do proof it down a little bit because it just talk about one that explodes in flavor when you put a very small ice cube in there and it just evolves in the glass or you put some drops in there. But this is dangerous whiskey because you can drink this <laughs> and not realize I'm like, God's pulling on my cheeks right now. I've only had a, <laughs> only had a couple of sips. What's happening? And 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 this was insanely popular. This bottle... Has already uh, almost tripled in value um, since we've sent. We we actually had a member, he just messaged us and he bought three of these bottles and he sold one to somebody for $250 uh, on the secondary market.
2: Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there
1: was this, well, because you can't get it. It sold out. Yeah. It was a barrel pick. There's only, it's not like we can just reproduce it. it. It doesn't exist, except it was in our lineup. I
0: am astounded by that because and I think I even specifically said, not like in the 130 area, that that drinks I almost guessed lower. That drinks like a 115 all day
1: long. Totally. So it's dangerous. What would you guess the age statement was? This is kind of misleading though in the way that they did it. Because it's a finish, (laughs) right?
0: Right. So I'm so it was Sorry, it was aged. Was it aged in new oak and then finished in the Weller? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to be bad at the age statement because most of my experience with dif- the different ages would be with bourbons. With rise, I'm probably not going to be as good with age statements. But and it's I'll, tough I'll take because y-
1: you know you you say always on your show, and we're big proponents. I mean, we've had age statements that are six months to a year. We've had we have a 27 year coming up in a lineup so there's no rules as to age statement that has to be in our lineup in fact we try to tell people younger doesn't mean bad right No, Um, and i'm not nudging you in a direction i'm just saying that that's our philosophy and the way that we're approaching uh whiskey and age so you might you might get something really old you might get something really young do you like it
0: yes i've i've had two years that knock my socks off and i've had 12 years that are, you're like, ah, 12 years for that. Like, right. <laughs>
2: <but>. <laughs> it took, it took too long. You know, you run into these, yeah, 17, 18 year whiskeys and they're saying, Oh, the whiskey got lost in a rick house. And you're like, that's not really how it works. You just don't lose yeah. barrels in a rick house. There's a, they like put some crazy story on it and they're like, we scored a 17 year. Uh, it's a 12 year whistle pig, but really it's 17 years and you're kind of shaking your head going, yeah. Maybe it wasn't very maybe that sat around for 17 years because it wasn't very good to begin with. And then it just started getting yeah. back,
0: right. Maybe they had a glass and they're like, eh, it still sucks. Leave it back there for right, a couple right. more years. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I'll take a stab at it. Let me get one more sip in. Trust trust your senses, Chris. Trust your senses. Oh. I wish I wish I had more experience with rice. So I'm gonna just guess. I'm guessing the, the age in the in the new oak or total. Uh in total. Okay. I'm going to guess seven years. How far away am I?
1: It's a 15 year and I think eight months. So it's, uh, but it's misleading. It's not. And I'd say what's really misleading is the color, right? A lot of times when you get an older whiskey. It's much darker. And so it does taste older, but it definitely doesn't look older when you're looking at it.
0: It Uh, was the color because I, if I sit, and the finish goes away like three minutes down down the line. I get the funk from a barrel on my tongue, that kind of that funkiness that you get if you had like an alligator char or if it's an old barrel. But I'm like, it's so pale. There's no way that it's that old. It was misleading. But, yeah, yeah.
1: So should I get to the reveal? So this is yes. – I, I, I would
2: say before you reveal it, I, I give Chris mm-hmm. kudos because he really is keying in on – um, on that barrel seagrass. And so that flavor profile gives you a good indication of where this whiskey was distilled because uh, they're coming from a similar distillery. So oh, okay. there we go.
1: So this was Mammoth Distilling in Traverse City, Michigan. And this was, I mean, I got to tell you, man, these guys are just crushing it. These guys are literal... Um, you want to talk about scientists that are coming up with stuff, their flavor profile is super unique, uh, but they're sourcing, uh, Canadian whiskey from Alberta. And then they're doing lots of cool stuff with it. Um, so, you know, we tried their three year, their nine year, 15, 16. We, 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 I've had some of their 18 year, we had a buddy that went there and he said, Oh, I'm with blind barrels. I mean, he just, they just gave him like six bottles. (laughs) I'm I'm like, all right. I'm like, that's amazing. Um, and I do think out of all the ones, I, I think our, our ours was maybe the best. I'm biased, obviously, at that <laughs> point. But I loved everything that they did. And um, it's, it's just one of these phenomenal companies. We ran to them uh, in Louisville. We were at the American Craft Spirits Association trying to just find and discover some smaller craft distillers. And um, this one guy, Phil, who's now one of their head of marketing, we just hit it off with Phil. I mean – he, he brought samples that were in the one hundred thirties. We were drinking until 3 in the morning. and He was <laughs> doing amateur chiropractic stuff on us. Like, <laughs> he was like, you know, what is it when you're subluxated? He was doing adjustments on us, you know. And uh, one guy had to get up for mass, so he went to bed at 1. But we were moving a little slow the next day. Um, you know, we weren't drinking enough water in between drinks. But just once again, great company, uh, killer whiskey. And, and this bottle, I mean... Uh, I'm bitter that I didn't buy another case of it to myself because I, you know, gave some to friends, and because it's just one of these whiskeys that's just so special, uh, because it doesn't exist. It's that you can't replicate it anymore. It only existed in this form. Um, and our March lineup that we have coming up, we have three barrel picks coming up in this next one. So, and and I would say two of them are very much of this ilk where they are very distinct, very special. I can't get into why. Um, but they're one of these bottles that are just going to go up in value. And, um, you know, Christian and I aren't what we call the museum collectors. I don't have a bottle that isn't open. Um, for the most part, I do have a 18 year short barrel, uh, Willard family estate bottle that when we cross a threshold with subscribers, we're all going to drink it. And, <laughs> uh, so that's the only thing I had that's not open right now, but yeah, we love this mammoth. We think it crushes.
2: We, 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 I, I know one thing. Will always tell you is he he's very very proud of blind barrels, and he he's he's very proud of all the barrel picks that we pick. Um, but again, it's it's for us to be able to work with these distilleries, um, send them out to our members, and then letting letting their taste buds, letting their palates figure it out for themselves. Again, yeah, we're we're we are biased. These are our babies. But <laughs> but on the on the other end. I think that's the really enjoyable part for us is people get to uh, experience this blind and uh, and like I said, it, if you if you love it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. We're we're perfectly perfectly happy as long as you're uh, exploring and learning more about craft because that's important to us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are onto something. Let me tell you, this, this is probably my favorite. This is the first I've had from this new box, but I like this better than the other box, and I like the stuff in the other box as well. But uh, it blows my mind that it's a Weller barrel finish, and it's giving me such different notes. But you know what? If you smell it, you can almost smell Weller for just a second, like right when you first smell it, it when you mm. say that. And maybe it's a placebo, but... I can kind of see that. No, you, you, I think it's that, it's, yeah, there's a
2: softness there for, for being an Alberta mm-hmm. rye, for getting all of that. You know, like you said, you get the peaches and you get the stone fruits. I definitely get that. It's not, it's not, you get that herbaceous mm-hmm. rosemary, black peppery that is that classic Alberta distiller flavor palette. But, but within that, there's this subtle kind of, uh, kind of like yellow cake sweetness that does remind me of, Certain types of weeded whiskey, for example, um, it's there. It's very subtle, like you said. You gotta, you gotta really take some time to look for it. But, uh, but it, you know, it's it's there, and that makes it really fun. I, I, think it again. There's this industry is growing, and not only do we get to share a, a new a new distillery, a small up and coming distillery, but then also we're introducing some uh, some people into what is barrel finishing because that that has become a very popular. kind of space within the whiskey world too
1: and just a barrel pick in general i mean yes you get access to these awesome brands but now it's an even thinner sliced version of that access you're getting a one-off that isn't going to exist anymore um, which makes it a little cooler i mean i don't know if we're going to get to that point where we're only doing barrel picks and it's only that um there's some distilleries that really aren't set up for that and um there's some distilleries that said well we can't do anything with you until september of next year and we're like okay We'll build a lineup around that. So, you know, we don't put pressure on these guys. Um, some of them, just you know, they're sort they're, they're they're digging into their two year before it gets into the five year because and they have that demand and they don't have the supply. So, sometimes we run into that problem when we're talking to everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, if we want to work with somebody, we'll be patient when we want to work with them.
0: Yeah. And it it shows, I mean, it just, the, the variety that you get with the two boxes I've had so far, I have to try the other three in this box still, but I wanted to do videos of them. So I've been waiting. Um, and just the variety that you get and the ability to have it be double blind. There's no other way to do double blind unless you're going to tell your spouse, Hey, go to the liquor store and buy me something. There, there's, there's not a great way to do that right now. Um, and so that just, that makes it so exciting. You know, if you're, if you're okay with, Trying something and not knowing what it is, which I think most whiskey drinkers you should be because that's going to introduce you to new stuff. It's exciting and it's a lot of fun. And this one was great. I'm sad. So you sold out of this probably because this is old, huh?
1: Yeah. My CFO was like, can I get more of that mammoth? This is once again a guy that doesn't really drink whiskey. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is get my. (laughs) <laughs> the bottle that I have like a thimble full left and I'm just going <laughs> to fill it with the, some of that we have like maybe, you know, 30 of these samples left. I'm going to put 15 <laughs> of them in there and, uh and I'll just send that. I'll have heat wrap, you know, the edge. of yeah. it. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because uh our CFO is just uh, so good to us in so many ways. So I'm on, just like, on the just, other
2: end, you know, when I, when we find these samples and people really enjoy them, it really makes me excited because I really feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface, right? We're just, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg and there's just so many other brands and distilleries that are going to have really killer product like this too. So it really invigorates us to keep going, keep grinding, keep searching.
1: Yeah. Someone says, aren't you going to run out of brands at some point? And I was like, well, I mean, all right, four times, <laughs> four times four is 16. And if you drive 2,800 and 16, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's going to take us to 200 years. I think we're good for a while. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, how, right. and
0: how fast is that growing to that 2800?
1: <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah, the, the rate of distilleries opening up and you're seeing a lot of them that will start with uh, tequilas and gins and um, things mm-hmm. that are or, or vodkas, some neutral grain spirits to while they're letting their barrels age. And then you're seeing some that will go off and source directly. And the problem with that is they'll source right off the bat. And then they're, they're working on their own. And then all of a sudden their own is either drastically different or not as good as what they were sourcing. And so we're Mm -hmm. seeing a little bit of both of that. Um, You know, we're seeing some of these smaller distillers starting to do a lower lower barrel entry proof. So their cast strength isn't necessarily coming off at 115 to 130. They're doing, you know, hundred to 110 um, where it's coming off as cast strength, which we think is kind of cool because it's like, Cash strength isn't always meant to be just be a man and grow some hair on your chest and figure it out. Uh, a lot of it's meant to be proofed down. Uh, but some of these are just really easy day drinkers that, um, you know, when we do a barrel pick, I get a little sad and happy at the same time because I'm like, I can't always have this bottle around. I do have to museum one of them, right? Right.
0: Yep. It's, uh, it makes it more special and also makes it bittersweet. Cause then you're like, ah, oh, this is all I'm going to get. I, I got a barrel pick coming up that I'm excited for. And that's the, that's the bitters. How many bottles do I get keep for myself? Because they're, it's going to be gone and it will never be Ooh. back again. So is this uh, you,
2: you're, 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 it's going to be like a big release. You, you can't say what it is yet. You gotta,
0: you gotta keep your lips sealed and then, then it's gonna, you're going to let it loose. Yeah, I'm guessing by the time this episode comes out, I can, but I don't know if I can or not. So awesome. maybe I'll just cut this part out if I no. can't, but for you guys to know, it's going to be a Blue Note pick
2: that oh. I'm working
0: on here soon. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm collaborating with another creator, so I'm pretty excited to come out with that. So nice. It'll be my
2: first barrel pick, actually. Congratulations, man. That's delicious Thank stuff. You. You're going to enjoy that.
0: Dude, Dude, yeah, you, so I've you stamp heard.
2: You your name on it, man. You, you got you, you got to vouch for it. You, you put the stamp of approval on it, right? Did yeah, you go to the exactly.
1: distillery yourself? Did you? Um, did they send you samples? What was your process for the barrel pick? They're
0: going to send them to us. So uh, they could have done either one, but just because it's a little more convenient, they're going to send samples. Um, so we're going to try four different barrels to start with to see if we like one of those. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't got the samples yet, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to try them. Awesome, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's usually how it is. But we did we had mm. one recently where we visited the distillery and did the whole thing, and um, it was a little bit more special when you get to do that. But um, for sure, for for the most part, all the other ones we're doing, yeah, they're just sending us a bunch of stuff, and we get to check it out and try it. And, you know, we love it yep. when it's very different too. Sometimes we'll send us samples where. Where it's like, oh, these are all the same. We could go whatever, and then there's one where it's like, wow, these are all so different. And then and then the debate begins. Right, <laughs> we're just <laughs> sitting there.
2: I think sometimes doing barrel picks at the location, right, it puts a huge amount of pressure. You have you have the marketing manager, you have the owner, you have the master distiller that's staring at you, saying, "What do you think?" And, and just kind of, you're you're stuck in the spot. You're trying six of their samples, and you're just going. <laughs> They're all delicious. I mean, it's really, it's (laughs) it's one of those moments. It just, they're staring, staring, staring you down.
1: We had to make the the best I've ever had. The the distiller's wife actually had a favorite that's, I mean, it swayed my guys. I had a favorite and her favorite aligned with my favorite. And we were kind of like, whereas the distiller was like, this isn't always traditional of what our thing, you know, so we were kind of like listening to everybody in the room, but we had to. I was like, what's the longest that anyone's ever taken? They're like, somebody sat in here for eight hours once. And I was like, oh, well, we're not going to do that because we got to shoot. <laughs> we got to get out
0: of here
2: together. in 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> I got, you know, yeah. we got to like, all right, let's figure oh. this out. So we, you know, we arrived at something and we're really happy well, with it. But.
2: When we did it, Bobby, if you remember that they were, you know, the, the, the master distiller and the owner were, were kind of like, do you want to know what we think? And they were kind of talking. They were telling us what they thought. And I just remember looking over at the the distiller's wife. She was kind of sitting set back, and and I had asked her. I said, "Well, what do you like?" And she goes, "Well, I'm not a distiller. I don't." I, she's like, "What I think doesn't matter." And I was like, "I don't know. Do you drink whiskey with your husband on occasion?" She's like, "Yeah, I drink usually after you know a hard day of work. We'll take a little sip together." And I was like, "Well, which one do you like?" And she's like, "I like that one." And and I told her. We said, "Look." actually, I think your palate's an important, we should, everybody's, everybody's opinion matters in this room, you know, and for a lot of people, you know, the things that I like sometimes are so nuanced that other, uh, people that are just starting, you know, other, other folks that are just getting on their whiskey journey, some of the stuff that I taste and pick up, it's so nuanced and weird that others just don't see it. And so Mm -hmm. I always, sometimes that's the best part is when we get our whiskey community together, they're always asking me what I think and it's like it doesn't matter what I think. It, we want to know what you guys think cuz your palates are equally as important and I think it really shows the demographic and the whole whiskey world's changing for for the positive from that way.
0: Yeah, sometimes when you pick something up if you're if you're a whiskey nerd like myself, you you can just be impressed by how weird it is <laughs> and it's oh. like that doesn't mean that the the general public's going to like it, but yeah. it's hard for me to to separate that cuz I'm like this is strange, that's really cool. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, Bobby and Christian, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I think you guys got something really cool going on. I said it in my review. Uh, you guys have not paid me a single dollar. I want to be clear to everybody listening because I, anytime I'm too much of a fan of something, everybody's like, you're being paid. I'm not. You guys have a great idea. You've got a great strategy, and I, it's so much fun going through the box tastings. Uh, this mammoth distilling has knocked my socks off as well, which I'm a big fan of Weller, so I guess it makes sense. But it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Well, your thank values you so much. seem to line up with mine. I'm excited to see what the future holds for. Blade yeah, barrel. cheers, Chris. I'm looking forward
2: to uh, trying your barrel pick when it comes around. That'll oh, be we're gonna be, thanks.
0: Oh, we're gonna be
1: all in on that, and uh, you know all those positive, awesome things you said really does mean a lot to us because. Um, we, we really do respect the way that you run, uh, your social and your show. And I really think, you know, I've said this, look, you're very authentic in the way you approach it. You're very likable. And I think that realness makes it okay for people to be like, look, I'm at a different stage of my whiskey journey. I don't have to be an expert just yet, uh, to do any of these things. And I think you make that accessible in a really cool way. So when you say those awesome things about our company, um, it really makes me feel good. So I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. I,
0: I appreciate that as well. Cheers, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review to help grow the show and get the word out. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs and on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. If you want to drink right along with me, make sure to join the email list by sending an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com with a subject line saying email list. You will receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time and drink right along with the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.